to Crypto Sapiens. I am joined today with an amazing guest, Wendy O. Wendy, we're so happy to have you on Crypto Sapiens. It was amazing connecting with you at USC and hearing your panel with the Blonde Broker. Yeah, so if you can tell us a little bit about how you got into crypto, how you got into Web3, uh, I'd love to hear from you and what, what drives you and what your why is every day. Web3 isn't real yet because we're still like, we're not even there yet. It's not even built out. I know <laughs> I'm a little bit of a negative Nancy, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep it real. Oh, my curtains just came. Yay. Anyway, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. Um, I've got ADHD, so I'm like all Same. over the place. <laughs> ADHD club. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Um, no, but the Y3K, Y3K event at USC was absolutely amazing. Not only because I've, that's the second time I've gotten to speak at USC, but it's funny because I could never afford to go to college there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw that post. And I'm not like the person that they would lit in ever, which is totally fine. Um, but shout out to Tony for putting on the event. I'm always more than happy to support community, like real community events in Web3, in crypto, in NFTs um, for families and kids in underserved communities because that's my my demographic. Um, so I got into crypto end of 2017, heard about Bitcoin 2010, 2011, didn't buy any then because it was super hard to buy way back when and mm-hmm. nobody knew what this junk was. Um, with that being said, um, I went into a TD Ameritrade and I asked if I can like start trading stocks because I was like, how do you do that? Like you go to a financial firm and they're like you need $25,000 and I was like I don't have $25,000 for you Um, so I got really discouraged and then I kept hearing about Bitcoin again on Libertarian Radio so I was like okay this sounds really cool and then I bought some Bitcoin Ethereum Litecoin because that's all that was available on Coinbase then and then I got created a Twitter account and taught myself how to trade and I grew a social media following I became an influencer without even knowing so yay Wow. And and you've really come so far just watching your YouTube videos and looking at your following. So yeah, tell us about like when you started your YouTube channel and how you gained this following organically. So I started YouTube primarily because I wanted to host in-person meetups. And with hosting in-person meetups, I had a global audience. I could, there's no way in heck I had any type of financial means to travel globally to um, to do these. So I was like, okay, I'm going to live stream these or I'll stream them and I'll, I'll do those things. So that's what the YouTube channel was for. It was to stream. It was never to do anything like it was never supposed to be anything else. And then I was like, I had people that are like, you should do this, you should do that. And then I started getting like paid opportunities to have, you know, companies on my channel, always disclosed, always disclosed. Um, so we started doing that. And um, then it turned into me wanting to like really capture my voice and do technical. And anal- the technical analysis started way before that, though, because that's what a lot of the meetups were. So it was just me live streaming and talking about technical analysis and then crypto news and then some of the paid interviews. And it just turned into this big empire um, that's still a baby empire, but we're growing. And I'm just very thankful to be here talking with you and um, get to get to meet with people on a global scale. And just I'm just so very grateful and thankful. So that, that actually leads me to my next question. I love that you came back to the gratitude and, and being thankful, right? You have um, to so- like you you have to because there's so many people that like they make money, whether it's in crypto or not, and they don't give back. Um, and it's very important to give back. And even if you can't give back, but just showcase um, actions of gratitude or actions of decency and actions of kindness, um, a simple smile can actually change somebody's day. And that's what we want to do. The world, the world sucks. So let's make it better. <laughs> well, you, you've definitely made me smile by coming on to Crypto Sapiens today. This is just, you know, such an honor. Um, and yeah, I, I really was curious, like what your why is, like what drives you every day to get up out of bed and do the work that you do? Because it makes people mad. <laughs> Yeah, talking about 
crypto in you know the mainstream is it's not even about that like it's not even about that poor people uh people that grew up poor and people who grew up without like all these crazy college degrees or working in finance or whatever it is um we're not supposed to be um free thinkers and we're not supposed to be in the forefront of a lot of this stuff so um i'm here to break a lot of these cons um these complex topics down for people that come from where i come from um Mm -hmm. that and it wasn't that we weren't given a shot it just wasn't a priority just i mean eating and putting food on the table was a priority so i think it's important to provide people with an opportunity to uh, to self-educate and that's what we promote a lot we do a lot of promotion on the channel and 99 Mm -hmm. percent of the promotion is self-education and that's basically taking 10 minutes a day um to continue to do research and all that stuff. Wow. Well, that's amazing. There's a couple things I want to comment on. So sure. you talked about getting your start doing community-driven events, right? Um, that's actually how I got my start in Southern California, all rooted in uplifting people through education. I really feel like you embody all of these ethos, right? Collaboration, regeneration, and education. I think you're really doing that. And another thing I wanted to mention at USC, I saw your daughter who was so, so cute. Um, oh, she was so-, so bad. Don't say she's cute. She got, <laughs> she was bad and she got in trouble. She was being, she started getting an attitude. So I made her apologize to some people that she's like, no, I don't want to say hi. <laughs> but we always work on correcting her behavior. So got to do it. Thank you. Though. So what is it like uh, working in crypto and being a mother? Because I just have a whole a whole new level of respect for you after seeing like yeah. you're a mother and you kick ass and do the work you do every day. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I love being a mom. It's super fun. And I mean, there's a lot of time management because it's really just me that's taking care of her. I put her to bed every night. Um, I wake her up in the morning. I do the lunches. And I mean, it's just, a, it's just about time management. I mean, she goes to regular school. So it's like, I kind of get the childcare aspect of it there. But even when she was at home during the summer, during breaks, or she's got a cold, I still have to go between doing work and taking care of my kid. And it's just really about time management. And it's just super, I'm just really always blessed and humbled that I get to work from home and be a stay at home mom and have a really awesome career while being able to tend to my child 24-7-365. Absolutely. That, that's such a blessing. And, you know, the workshop I gave at USC, I talked about the transition into the gig economy, right? How we're transitioning into a more self-sovereign workforce where we can work from home and have ownership of our employment and working crypto, right? The company I'm working with, Opolis, we help independent contractors, freelancers, like digital nomads get like all the stuff they need to basically thrive as an independent worker. So that has been a huge part of my mission. Also now working with Crypto Sapiens, helping to educate on some of these concepts, talk with different thought leaders and people just doing good things in the industry. So yeah, speaking of the industry, I know, you know, just seeing a lot of your tweets on, uh, or on X, X's, I don't know how to say it now. Um, so yeah, just seeing some of your tweets, I've, I've been seeing, you know, you have a lot to say just about the climate of, of cryptocurrency in general, Sam Bankman fried the SEC. What is your current take on, on the sentiment and, and the future of crypto, the industry as a whole? Um, if the same administration stays in power and stays in office, there will not be crypto in the United States of America. And unfortunately, um, because of the social issues that this current administration represents, people feel that if they they go elsewhere or they look elsewhere, um, that it's going to be a problem and there's going to be drama, et cetera. And I get that sentiment too, because some of the social issues are impactful to me. I am a woman, but at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer. If you have access to more money or access to ability to make more money, you can then afford better products and services, which means if you need certain things done, um, you can go get those. And a lot of times there's, there's compromise that needs to be made. 
So unfortunately, it's a very black or white uh, thought process that I have with that. And I know a lot of people get mad about it, but I don't really care because this all this administration has done is just consistently attack crypto. We have people like Elizabeth Warren, who yeah. has a yearly salary of approximately $190,000 a year, but she's worth like $73 million. That should be illegal. Like wow. you're 95. I read somewhere today, 95% of government funds come from taxpayer dollars. So if we're spending 90, like 95% of the government or if, if the government is funded by 95% of taxpayer dollars, that means I'm funding, you're funding, we should have better, we should have better access to things. Like what's happening is mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. I'm not saying the other administration was better, but I'm just saying that we weren't getting a te- we weren't getting beat up in crypto and crypto's been able to provide a lot more people with access to money than other entity and other industries. So um, it's pretty much black or white. And if people don't know, Gary Gensler is put into power by this current administration, by our sitting president. Mm-hmm. He was not voted in. The SEC is 100% of, they're all made up of public servants that that um, that structure of the government is funded by our taxpayer dollars. And if you don't, if you don't know about the accredited investor law, if you want to participate in an IPO or, or have access to capital or be able to invest in certain traditional financial instruments, unless you unless you make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year or have one million dollars in assets, you can't because you're poor. And that is a law that is pushed through, or that is that is something that was created, I believe, by the SEC. And they're more than happy to keep it in because they want poor people to take payday loans out, which is like 200% interest. They want you to go to casinos and gamble. They don't care about lottery tickets and scratchers in your neighborhoods. But then when it comes to be, being able to become financially literate, maybe invest in stocks or do those types of things, they don't want you to because they think you're stupid and poor, which in reality, you're not. And I'm not opposed to having a test for everybody, like a simple test, not necessarily a simple test, but something that just shows financial literacy. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the stipulations that we have in America are just dumb with a lot of these certifications and stuff. Like, so yeah. show me your basic understanding or heck, limit it, limit it to 5% of your annual salary or whatever, because let's face it, a lot of people that are in the system, they can pull a certain amount of money from their, their checks that they're getting a month. And then they can take that and go gamble and do whatever the hell else they want with it and there's no cap on that so again i'm not going after anybody i'm just kind of trying to present facts here wow yeah no you you make a lot of good points so when talking about financial literacy i think the work that you're doing is really important number one number two um it's just a very startling thing to think about that our taxpayer dollars are going towards these uh predatory financial institutions that are taking away our sovereignty and ownership of our own assets so we're like we're paying to have our power taken away from us in the United States, which is just really startling and kind of scary to think about. Um, so this leads me into the next point I want to talk about with you. So what conversations do you think need to happen to change the current sentiment of the SEC and the way things are in the United States? You need a new brand new administration to come in. And also our government really needs to be completely um, restructured because we have so many people in power that don't do what they're supposed to do. Like when I was in school, we didn't have all of these board members and all of these people that are getting exorbitant salaries. A lot of these people that sit in the public schools on the boards, they make more money than the actual teachers. And what are they doing? You need some, you need like one or two administrative people to kind of function, to cover how the school goes. You got your president, you got your teachers, you got your lunch lady, you got a couple other things. You do not need people. You don't need like 30 people making half a million dollars a year, $200,000 a year to sit and tell the teachers what to do. This is why we have so many idiots in America is because our school, public school system is ridiculous. So unfortunately, you need to kind of take it all down and restart it. But we do, we definitely need to defund lots of sectors of our government because they're not providing any valuable services. And the people that are upset about this, um, I want you, I want to ask yourselves, why are, why is Los Angeles County, which is one of the most booming economies in um, taxpayer revenue in the United States of America? And yes, there's a couple others. 
But why are our school, why are our public schools in the hoods and in the ghettos, why are they only three out of 10 rated? Yeah, where is the money going when you follow it? You can't, you can't buy a house in California. You cannot buy a house in Southern California, Los Angeles County for under nope. half a million dollars. Nope. And those property taxes, those are supposed to be going to school. So people own those houses. They're paying property taxes. Where is the money going? Why are my schools? Why are, why are, why do I have to send my child to private school? Why do we have to send our kids to public schools with three out of 10? So that's just my rant. That's all. Wow, that's that's a lot to think about there. I mean, living in Southern California, I definitely see it. It's kind of created this uh, micro dystopian economy, right? It's like this gap between the ultra wealthy and the ultra poor. And, you know, you see homelessness skyrocketing in, in areas like Southern California, L.A., San Francisco is another really crazy place. Um, and yeah, it, there's there's a lot of money being put back into the pockets of these people, the policymakers that are not doing things that are in the best interest for the people. So I, I definitely see that and, and sympathize with people who are affected by that. It's uh, definitely crazy. So another question I have for you. So you talked about the conversations that need to happen or, or really the restructuring of our whole financial institution and government. What projects do you think are really leading the charge? Are there any projects that are kind of leading the charge with policymaking and, and making changes in that area? Not really, because unfortunately, most of the people in crypto that are able to still operate in business in the United States of America come from traditional finance and they've come from good families. They come from money. They come from, you know, they've, they've got all the connections. Um, Coinbase is trying to do some interesting things. I don't know how, how much they are for the non-accredited investor. And then I work alongside an organization called DCTA. It's the Digital Currency Traders Alliance. I don't make a dime by working by these people. I just use my socials to amplify their message. Okay. So... What is your take on on the future of cryptocurrency in the United States? Um, if we can, if the, we if this current administration stays in, we will have no future of crypto here, and I will be relocating to El Salvador, or to Singapore, or to Panama, or to somewhere where I can actually um, breathe properly. Yeah. So, what do you think? Like, out of those places, like, why why are they more friendly towards cryptocurrency policy? Like, they they have administrations that are just more accepting and and um, like adoptive of this. Well, I, I think that they probably, um, actually care about their people a little bit more. And they're actually, they're giving them choice to have ownership of their finances versus yeah. needing to trust, uh, centralized inter- institutions, conglomerates, and these big corporate entities and centralized banks. Um, it's giving people ownership and sovereignty over their, over their wealth, um, which is, which is just ethical, um, in my opinion. So what places uh, around the world, I know places like El Salvador, they have the Bitcoin city. Um, I've also heard a lot of people relocating to Lisbon in Portugal, too. Can you talk about places like globally that are just kind of coming out in front? I know people like Dubai. They like Singapore. They like Hong Kong. They like Panama. They like Costa Rica. They like El Salvador. Um, I haven't been able to do too much due diligence into that because um, I picking up and moving my kid out of the country is hard. Yeah. Um, so that makes it complex, but yeah. Uh, thank you for all the good information. And I'm just curious for our listeners and, and people watching on YouTube today. So what events coming up are you most excited about? Are you going to any conferences, any any Web3 or crypto conferences that you're excited about? or? I'm doing the Cypherpunk event in Fort Lauderdale next week. I think it's September 27th and 28th. And then there's a I'm going to be speaking at LA Investment Week and Coin Agenda. And then I'm not sure what else is going on. We're just trying to take it day by day. 
Awesome. Well, I'm in the Southern California area. I'm, I'm in Orange County. So yeah, if you want to send me information about LA Investment Week, I'd love to come listen to you speak again. It, you're, you're just so well-spoken and articulate and, and just really um, a, a needed mouthpiece for the crypto industry as a whole. Like you really are doing uh, good work to educate people out there. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And <laughs> if you guys want to find me, CryptoWendio.com. And again, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. 